Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Omnia Performance Podcast. I am 50% of your hosting team, Fergus Crawley. And the other 50, Johnny Payne. I was cocked up saying my own name there. Did anyone pick up on that? No. No? Okay, I could have got away with it if it wasn't for you meddling kids. But, but anyway, <laughs> we are going to, first of all, ask you to do all the stuff. If you enjoy the podcast at any stage, do follow or subscribe, rate and review, or all, all the, the stuff people say at the start of podcast. Do it, please. Cheers. Thanks. And then we're going to discuss recovery around the double brutal. So the previous episode was debriefing the double brutal, and this is going to be discussing the double brutal brackets recovery, just to keep sort of D's at the, at the start of it. The bubble, bubble brutal. I'm, I'm, I'm You're being silly again. Yeah. Johnny was silly in the last episode, and he was told off, so stop. Okay. I'm having to tell off the man with four children. <sighs> obviously, you're obviously so used to telling children off. You're being insolent yourself, aren't you? Yeah, uh, just, it's just learnt behaviour. Just in a, in a pack of idiots. So, okay. yeah. If Johnny's children are listening. Yeah, he says this all the time. It's <laughs> <laughs> all he they says. They know, mate. They know. So, recovery, big buzzword in the fitness industry. One that I personally believe has got a bit out of control. Very much so. And we are gonna try and keep it simple. So we don't even really discuss recovery protocol, quote-unquote, too much beyond the real foundations that we think are important, which is a big event is a combination of a physical demand as well as a peak psychologically. And what goes up must come down, especially when there have been habits, there have been structures, there have been demands placed around you in the process leading up to that peak, which are then redundant because you have peaked. So it's like it's like if you if you go on holiday for a week and you just abandon all the habits that you have around your work life, you feel a bit worn out and thin and it's really hard to come back the other way because you're completely upturning and, and changing everything you do on a day-to-day basis. So we're broadly going to speak about the psychological come down or the post-event depression, quote unquote, that I've kind of coined before and discussed quite openly. But ultimately, if you're going to work really hard towards something, you're going to get it done. You're going to have to come down from that because there's going to be a massive psychological peak. There's going to be a massive physical peak. And then you're going to have to get back to some form of baseline. Yeah. And that that takes work. So from a recovery point of view, what we're trying to achieve, we're trying to achieve some sense of psychological normalcy we're trying to get you physically recovered and ready to actually adapt to stimulus again and we're trying to make you respond to the habits that keep you grounded in a way that allows you to get back to normal day-to-day life without the demand of what you were peaking for if that makes sense so the training prep for this was hugely demanding so i was aware ahead of time that the, the peak was going to be aggressive so what did i do in simple terms and we've learned this over time uh, like we, you've had it you've had input on how i should approach things haven't you so from a training point of view we just don't even just do yeah, what well, you want mate yeah we've had kind of yeah to a degree we, we, we've had um uh, incidental conversations during events that you've had in the past this, this is speaking from your perspective as an, as an athlete uh, and for, for reference that this is this is what we discuss with our athletes as well this is this yeah, is the case yeah, yeah. of but building a lot of people are like, oh, i'm ready to get back to it. and you're like you're not you're definitely not yeah or haven't experienced the the chasm that you've described that kind of comes afterwards and and when you first started doing these things we had to have that chat beforehand so you're going to feel after this event is gone 
um, you, you're going to feel lost. You know, you're going to feel a little bit alone. And, and some of that has then come from, from my own experience, having done similar things in the past. And, and uh, you just know. Project you know. Versica was the one we experienced together as well, wasn't it? Yeah, that was which, the first which, time. Which we, really informed our understanding of this. Yeah, and, and actually that was very useful because you're then able to, to quickly call. And again, we didn't have protocols set in place. We were able to call and say, do you feel like shit, mate? Like, yeah, I do. Well, that's okay, because so do I. And then, I mean, it normalizes it just in of itself there. But um, yeah, it's, it's worth recognizing, as you said at the top end of this, that you, you've spent so much time, depending on the length of prep, and certainly for these extreme things, but it doesn't really matter for anything that you've kind of pointed your life at. By the time that thing is over, then what's your life pointed at? Uh, and the other part of it is that on the lead up to these events, and we used to experience it, this going, going back in my uh, uh, catalogue of experiences, if, um, if you've been thinking about something for a long time and it's going to peak, it's going to happen on a certain day, and that could be... Um, you know, combat sports, it could be that your fight is on a certain day. It could be things I've talked about in the past uh, in a self-protection environment where, you know, you just know something's going to happen and you, you spend some time working up towards that point. You're full of adrenaline, you're full of um, a, a kind of an anticipation and, and all the, uh, the sort of hormonal network that goes along with that is a constant cascade of kind of feedback and things that happens physically and, and mentally. When that thing's removed... Uh, and that fight or flight has has been removed, and all the responses therein, then you're left with uh, a very different feeling. It's a kind of a come down feeling, isn't yeah. it? And not knowing that that's coming can leave you in in a, in a real state of of feeling. It's not a bewilderment. It's it's oh like oh what's going on? It's it's a depression. Uh, uh, well, you should be careful it, it, to not it, not to use that it, word directly. It's a similar mechanism. It, it very much so. Certainly, it, it's a very lonely, empty, and and uh, quite um, sometimes quite um, uh, worrying feeling for an individual. So, knowing that ahead of time and having people that you can lean on, uh, who say, "Yeah, you're all right. We expected this. It's, Give it a few days, and all the rest of it is very, very useful." It's like. Um, it, it, it it's, it's, needs to be treated in the same way as if you, you, you have been in financial services your whole life and then 2008 came along and all of a sudden you're not in financial services anymore. Your whole identity is wrapped up with your, with your work and you need to pivot. But in that, in that pivoting period, you don't know who you are, you don't know what you're doing, you don't know how to spend your time day to day. And it's kind of the same thing where you are training for a full distance triathlon, a ultra. You are an ultra athlete around family, work life, whatever it is. And then all of a sudden you don't need to be anymore. So identity crisis can come into it. And then from a management point of view, there's two stages in my mind, which is part one is accepting that there's going to be a period of time that is unpredictable and then preempting what you can get your teeth stuck into once that period is starting to sort of settle a little bit. So the mistake I made this year with the Keltman, for example, is three days afterwards, after I just got three good nights of sleep in me, I thought, right, back to it, Friday morning, just full day of work in the office all day, crack on, get this done, and then we're back to it next week. But I hadn't given enough time for the unpredictable psychological slump, physical fatigue, general come down effect to, to settle. Because then when I went back into an intense environment, back into a full work day, back into trying to train, it just completely shocked my body and sent me all the way backwards. And then what I started doing was being really hard on myself for feeling this way. Oh, you've recovered. You've had three nights of sleep, all this stuff. Why can't you get a full work day done? But I was just kind of in that limbo period where you just need to roll with the punches for a little bit. It's completely normal and completely understandable. So within the context of this, I have said that until 
Monday just gone, which was Monday the 26th. Yes, that sounds right. Yep. 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 I was just going to do what I wanted training-wise, eat, eat what I want food-wise, drink what I want drink-wise, <laughs> and just get what I needed to do done on a day-by-day basis. But if I couldn't get any more done than that or I didn't want to, absolutely fine, mate. Crack on. And on Saturday, which historically have been my long, low-intensity, steady-state days, as you should all know, as it's, to be honest, pr- programming-wise, if you're working within a normal working week, that's when yours will be. I was going to run on the Saturday just gone. I was going to do a 90-minute real easy list, and I sort of got to 10 in the morning and thought, I'll do it at midday. Just, you know, I'll do it in the afternoon, getting a bit hotter. You can do it in a tank top, cat backwards, bruh. And then it got to midday, and I was like, oh, nah. I can't really be bothered. And I started unpacking things, putting a few things away, sorting some stuff still from the double. And then it got to two, and I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do it. But in that sort of build up to 2pm I'd kind of started being self-critical again with like oh you've been lazy you're slacking you're somebody that trains why aren't you training but I'd earned the period to just deal with the unpredictable and just let things settle down so when Monday came around having had that two weeks of not being hard on myself and just allowing myself to go with the flow which sounds very bohemian but hopefully you know what I mean when it came to set my alarm for five in the morning and having a clear to-do list for the day it didn't seem nearly as overwhelming as when it did when I tried to do that on the Friday, the week following the Keltman, for example, because I'd let everything settle and I'd just done some pec flies with cables, I'd done some dumbbell pressing, I'd done some chin-ups, I'd done lots of fun stuff and just got a pump rather than trying to get back into some sense of training. And it just meant that this Monday, and as of today, I feel much better than I otherwise would. So really the foundations of my recovery have been doing next to nothing to allow my body to physically recover, but more importantly, allowing my state of mind to determine what I'm doing on a day, day-to-day basis because I'm I'm worn down. So I'm just kind of letting my body give me the signals in terms of what do I want to be doing? Do I want to be watching TV? Do I want to be working? Do I want to be eating this? Do I want to be drinking that? Do I want to be socializing? Do I want to be playing golf? So I've been playing golf. I've been to skate park a few times. I've kind of just been acting how I would want to, were there not responsibilities and things in my day-to-day life. So I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I've been in infrared saunas and jumping in and out of cold plunges and taking ashwagandha through my eyeballs and all this stuff. I've been taking my usual supplements. I've been doing all the normal things that I do, but there has been no protocol on top of the usual. There's been no foam rolling, additional mobility sessions, none of that. It's just been taking the time to let things settle. And this no days off bullshit that still goes on in some sex of some sections rather of the of the functional fitness and just general training world is the worst possible attitude you could take to something like this. Because if you are somebody that cannot identify with themselves unless you are training every day, then that is a pathological negative relationship with training in the first Hello, place. David Goggins, if you're listening, yeah, yeah, we don't mean you. No, we we I do I yeah, I, do, yeah firmly disagree with. I'm running again after the Moab. Don't it's a terrible idea. Take and you've got people that are doing that that don't need to be doing that, and it's making them miserable. So anyway, that's a completely separate podcast entirely. But nonetheless, in fact, that probably will be a podcast. Well, I will I will quite openly express why I don't think David Goggins' mentality is suitable for the masses because actually it doesn't cultivate the best relationship you can have with yourself psychologically. But we're not going down that rabbit hole. I can see you want to. Yeah. We're not going to do it. Stay calm. It's okay. It's okay. Stay calm. Stay calm. Okay. You can headbutt. 
the wall briefly. Josh, Some, Josh if you're it, listening, yeah. the, 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 the producer in the studio has, has not given us permission to have the wall. the door from the other no. side. Okay, yeah, we're, we're trapped in here now. So, and, uh, what was it? Well, uh, 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 chime in, sorry. Yeah, uh, just, just to reiterate, really, um, there's a place for certain things and, and there, there are kind of placebo effects and, and there are some effects that are happening with things like foam rolling that, that aren't the effects that most people think are happening. So maybe that's for another podcast as well. But ultimately what we're saying is you don't need to to then pepper your, your calendar, your diary with, with uh, I must remain an athlete. I am an athlete. This is this blah, blah, blah. You don't need to have a cold plunge. You don't need to, all, all that stuff. You can. You, you can. You, you can want, if you want. Yeah, this is the thing. It's, but it's not. You're not being a bad person if you're not doing no, it. It's, not, that, it's that, really not going to accelerate your recovery uh, any any better than just accepting uh, where you are in, in your in your state of mind, what you've just been through, I think probably a more sensible approach, uh, which which we do, uh, would be to have a after a couple of days have a kind of a debrief, have a chat about the things that went right, things that went wrong, kind of talk about the, the processes that you went through, uh, which allows you to then unpack the emotions uh, uh, associated with things, and uh, actually going back to the last podcast allows you then to analyze things without being in the center of it as well. If you want to look at metrics versus how you felt versus arbitrary, uh, you know, expectations and targets, you can look at that from a debrief perspective. And that that's all very, very useful because it gives you a chance to, as I say, unpack things uh, uh, emotionally as well. But just accepting that you have just been through something uh, significant in your life uh, and it has stopped uh, is worth worth uh, taking a moment and just saying, well, uh, in, the, in which case it's okay just to forget about uh, maintaining your deadlift uh, percentages that particular week. Why don't you do, as you've said, go to the skate park, play some golf, see some friends and just ultimately, uh, what did you call it, Bohemian a minute ago, just just chill, just chill. Chill Winston. Chill Winston. Uh, and I think that there's no better advice than just, uh, you know, sit back, relax and, and appreciate what you've done. It doesn't come immediately. Uh, you're in that position now uh, yep. with the, with the brutal is that only now are you able to kind of look back and go, oh, this was great. That was I mean, the debrief that we, we, we did for the last week's podcast. We're able to discuss what was fun, what was good, as opposed to just simply existing as somebody who has just finished a double, a double brutal and extreme triathlon. I needed the video to remember most of it. <laughs> yeah. Which is why a debrief and, and, yeah. and why, why talking to somebody else that was there and getting different opinions on it allows you to kind of look at it uh, objectively. Um, and, and that's all very, very useful. But yeah, probably to underline what you've said, um, you can go too hard on this idea that you you, you must be an athlete. You must recover yeah, I, I, by by working, man. I, I don't. Know, I don't want to be. I don't racket. want to seem like we're being flippant because there is there is data and research on recovery protocols out there. Yes, however, it is so marginal for the most part and overmarketed that generally speaking, I'd rather just not worry about it and just focus on sleep. And focus yeah, on what yeah. I'm eating. And well, I mean, that's day-to-day the day stuff for us as well, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, is that, it you, that's how we, how we if, look at if things. You, if you're looking at the grain of sand on top of the, the, the sand dune, instead of looking at the sand dune, you've probably fucked up, haven't you? And that's, that's what we're saying. Is like, listen, this stuff might have its place, but if you've not got your your meat and tatties in there, what, what are you, why are you worried about what's, you know, what particular condiments you might be using? Just get the, get the work done, you know, and that might well be just a case of... <laughs> what an incredibly working class <laughs> Scottish analogy. That's just uh. a, a case of just sit down, relax, chill, do things to, you know, look after yourself at, at risk of uh, immediately provoking a, a, a ridiculous response, a bit of self-love. <laughs> 
is is pretty bloody useful behavior. here. Yeah, yeah, but it really it really is. It's it's important. Just just look yeah. after yourself and uh, all the other stuff. Um, you know, the, the grains of sand on top. If you've got those first things in order and you're totally on top of that, then you're probably better than most people I've ever met. If you have, then then more power to you. Jump in that cold plunge and and whatever else you people are doing. But for me, I'm going to have a Guinness and chill. Yeah, I mean. Bear, bear I, I in, suggest in, it's not plural, but <laughs> there'll be some Guinness. <laughs> bear, bear, bear in mind that that's the norm. But yeah. I think, again, to go back to the cold plunge things, we're not in any way bashing them. It's just don't don't put too much faith. To circle back on not seeming flippant and actually discrediting things that do have research behind them, do have lots of anecdotal support. And actually, I enjoy a cold plunge some mornings because it does give you one hell of a buzz and is better than caffeine. So well, there, from that point listen, of view... For, yeah. It sh- I should say, know yourself is also u- very useful because yeah. if that is something that you have done all the way through and you yeah, like it's it, a habit, it's a, it's it's a pillar a, you yeah, can maintain. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's something that you enjoy, as you say, you enjoy it. I can't think of anything worse than a cold plunge or a cold shower, or all that bollocks. You grew up with like, a cold no. plunge down the bottom of the road, didn't you? <laughs> it's like no, I do not want to stand there. I can't think of anything more horrible. In which case, if I was to do that because I'd read it in fucking recovery magazine RS or whatever, I think, then I'm yeah, going to yeah, make yeah. myself more stressed out than I need to be. So Recovery magazine <laughs> RS. Okay, okay, to circle back. Circle Look back. after yourself. Know the, yourself and just chill. The, the bottom line is, don't put too much faith in quote-unquote recovery protocol or things beyond the Noddy ah. basics, yeah. is the point. We've somehow turned into a cold plunge bashing thing, yeah, which is a, not the case. Because, move away from that, apart yeah. from the fact that I think it's shit, but there you go. <laughs> That's Johnny's opinion. <laughs> I, I um, There is value in them. Please don't take the same as, oh, these guys said this. What are they talking yeah. about? There is value in them, but let's put it this way. Me actively seeking out cold plunge therapy during this recovery process is frankly a waste of my time, given the bigger picture thinking, because the psychological elements and the things are just sort of sitting in the feeling and the recovery is is currently more important. So my number one priority has been sleep. Second in that hierarchy has been food. Thirdly has been probably not putting too much demand on myself on a day-to-day basis, which goes back to the not being critical, giving myself that timeline. So from a metric tracking point of view, I've been keeping a close eye on my HRV and the data coming from Whoop. I have not yet hit a green day. (laughs) And I've been... (laughs) I thought you'd had one today. No, 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 still yellow. But everything's tracking up, which is good. So again... To talk about, you've heard me speak about Whoop in YouTube videos and things. I'm using it as a metric to inform my decisions around sleep, around eating patterns, around training. And actually, the one thing that was a bit of a red flag, quite literally a red, it was more of a red tissue. But after I did a bit of a bro session at the gym just down the road from here, that was Wednesday last week. Tuesday last week, I had a nosebleed in the car on the way home. So that was a bit of a Fergus, it's too soon message. Not, not something I'm proud of. I've said that proudly, but that's not something I'm proud of. It, it did make me realise, oh, again, you're you're eagerly getting back to things too soon. Your body has quite literally sent you a warning signal here. and Nothing like your blood leaking out your face to tell you to just chill out. Was that Gandhi? Yeah. yeah. That, no, yeah, that was Gandhi. No, no, it was um, Marcus Aurelius, wasn't it? Could have been. Could have been one of these uh, Epictetus, or whoever his name is. Yeah. Somebody said it. Yeah, it just definitely wasn't just Johnny now. No, definitely not. Um, you know what you should have done? Instead of going and doing that bro session all the rest of it, you should have had yourself a cold plunge. Oh, shit. Mm. Shit. Foam rolled the shit Why did you, why did you, you. Why did you bring it back to that, IT Johnny? band. 
because I don't have anything against cold plunges. In fact, there's lots of value Get in them. Get a lacrosse no, ball you, into your IT band. Foam roll the shit out of your hips. Get in a cold plunge. Listen to Gorgon's podcast. And, uh, I don't know, snort some amphetamines. You'll be fine. Maybe you'll be good to go. You'll be good to go in anywhere you like. Nobody's going to stop you. you, you, you your satirical tangent recovery 101 was pretty valid satirically speaking until the snorts of amphetamines yeah, this the, 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 so this podcast power. today and last week's were recorded in the same session and for anyone that's listened to both you can clearly see that there was something in johnny's coffee this morning on mm. amphetamines <laughs> <laughs> haven't i just explained it to you oh okay, sorry no the, the cat's out the bag but to, to, to be clear i will be returning to some sort of habit stacking as over the next few weeks once i'm back to peak performance sort of trying to optimize day to day get the best out of myself and that might include cold plunges not in a cynical way but i'm not going to think oh this is leveling up my recovery when i'm already over training which tends to be that those that shout the, the loudest about recovery tend to be the ones that are overworking themselves the most i when i'm back into some sort of training routine i will be incorporating these these one percent habits things that really do make a difference. But until then, I'm not at the 99% that warrants it. And that is the broader point that we have so poorly, terribly tried to make today. I think it's been hammered home well. I'm I think gonna, so. I think so. We've been very, very silly. Silly boys. <laughs> <laughs> but ultimately, that's that. So this is Wednesday, two and a half weeks after the double. I'm feeling solid. I'm getting through work days. My to-do list is getting bigger and I'm getting more confident with it. Training, I'm still kind of taking the piss. Speaking of, YOLO swag, 500-pound deadlift yesterday. How about that? Yeah. How about that? <laughs> in amongst this conversation about recovery and managing, oh, yeah, managing your output, yeah, yeah, bleeding through your nose. Full meathead. Taking your fucking amphetamines for breakfast. You've just gone, do you know what? I'll just pull a 500-pound deadlift, see how I feel. And actually, actually, maybe that speaks to the recovery that you've had because that was just under two and a half weeks in and you have looked after yourself. You do know what to do. Yeah. You have managed yourself well. And your system, because you said to me today when, when we were talking about it, what's that all about? Well, you've just described, barring the nonsense in this podcast, you described exactly what it's about. You've allowed your body to recover to a point at which it's able to express force and strength. <laughs> yeah, well, all the fatigue's gone uh, in, in an intelligent manner and you, you you tested it and what better way to test it than a, what looked to me, tell me if I'm wrong, seven and a half, eight out of 10 RPE deadlift, 500 pounds, there was... The, the, the only thing that was a bit off was the positioning because it's not a, it's not a lift I've done for literally months. I've so done I've done some a lot of supported deadlifting, but it just goes to show the, the the theory that I've had for years, which the best way to get better at deadlifting is to not deadlift. <laughs> <laughs> that seems to be the case for me anyway. Is if I do a lot more yeah. low bar squatting and RDLs and things, my deadlift just gets better. But I think that's ultimately commentary on fatigue. But again, yeah. to round things off, I think it, for anyone that's wondering about how they can recover from these things, first and foremost, you need to accept that you can't. You can't beat your physiology, your psychology. You're going to be done in. You're going to be psychologically battered. You're going to be physically battered. And you just need to sit there and sit in the slow cooker for a couple of weeks. But be realistic about if you're feeling shit when you've tried to go back to things, it's because you are not yet recovered. It's not because you're a shit person or you've lost your mojo or any of this stuff that we can so easily be critical about ourselves with. And my approach is somebody who's been through this several more than maybe a dozen times at a high level, you can't avoid it. So you just need to sit there. You need to be honest with yourself. You need to be be open and realistic about what you can achieve on a day-to-day -day basis. You might need to rope in some help to get through things on a day-to-day -day basis. It might mean that 
you just avoid the things that you think are a part of your day-to-day. And for me now, now that I am obviously, as a result of the 500-pound deadlift, in a good physical state to get moving again, I'm not going to go back to the training program that I was doing beforehand because the volume is just going to be way too high. I'm going to be battered and all that sleep work that I've done is going to tank me. So over the next two, three, four weeks, I'm going to slowly build my volume back up. I'm going to be mindful of the fact that if I have a bad day here or there over the next week or so, that's going to still be residual psychological recovery. And when I have that bad day, I'm not going to think, fucking hell, Fergus, you lazy bastard, what are you doing? I'm going to think, oh, okay, right. How can I scale things back today so I can make some time tonight to just settle down, get a good night's sleep and move into the next day? And then when I'm back to day to day trying to get the best out of myself, I'm then going to add in the one percenters. I'm going to add in the the things that I'm going to add in the cold showers. I'm going to add in the additional metrics, all, all the stuff that's popular at the moment. There's lots of things that we can do, but beyond taking the morning supplements, afternoon supplements, sleep supplements that I regularly take, beyond monitoring my whoop data, those are the only things that I outsource from a recovery perspective because I want to give myself the best fighting chance in the morning with electrolytes and some low-dose caffeine. I want to not re-dosage caffeine in the afternoon but have focus. I want to improve the quality of my sleep with scientifically dosed ingredients. And I want to monitor how I respond to all of these things within the context of my day via my WHOOP data. But for now... But for now, I'm going with the flow and I'm chilling with Winston. So that was not very informative for you in terms of here's the things that you can do. That was more just a silly ramble. So for that, we apologize. But let's well, 50% of these podcasts are informative. 50% of them are us slowly losing our minds. But I think actually upon reflection, we are still a little bit loopy after the double. So for that, we do not apologize. And I'm not apologizing to anybody. No, I knew that. I knew that. That's why I said we and thought you'd just keep your mouth shut. But apparently. <laughs> I I was wrong. <laughs> I, th- I think we should probably sign off now. This is uh, this has gone silly. It really has. Anyway, to close out, if you do have any questions about any of these things, because you want to explore where where the actual literature is, there is a lot of supportive literature on recovery in general terms. Mm-hmm. But our our bottom line thinking on it is effective programming is prevention rather than cure, and it's much harder to bring yourself back from being overworked and and maladaptive than it is to effectively chipping away over time at this point as we're recording this is not but as it is live it will be we will have the education platform live with omnia and dr phil price where there is going to be a resource bank on all this stuff and there will be a lot less piss takery with a seminar and a lecture every month lecture from dr phil and a seminar from us on the detail around a lot of things more anecdotally speaking and more experience experientially that we'll be covering so if you are more interested in that in a apparently more formal setting as as yeah, today was a little bit less formal, but for that, you may have enjoyed it. Who knows? You might think we're hilarious. You might think these geezers have just gone down in my estimations. And you know what? I would not blame you. So with that in mind, thank you very much. Do all of the podcast button hitting stuff. And probably don't share this one with a friend. <laughs> but yeah, we'll see you next time. Bye.